Hello lovers, go to entamopleasurables.com for your slippery needs and get 20% off with the WILD20 promo code. You'll thank me later. Running wild with Christine, sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 123 with Christine Square. <laughs> um, today's guest is Christine Kofsky. She's a dear friend of mine, and we've come to talk about all kinds of things today. So hi, Christine. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited. We've so nice tried to, to see do your this face. for so long. <laughs> this is one of the first ones we've done in person yeah. on the podcast for a while. I demanded it in person. In person with wine, so I apologize <laughs> already for what's about to come out of our mouths. <laughs> um, okay, Christine, you are a photographer, an artist, an actor. How do you define yourself? Yeah, that's pretty pretty bang on as far as how I define myself in the work world. Um, I was in the film industry for a very long time and then uh, started in photography about six years ago as a hobby, and then it quickly became a full-time endeavor so um that's awesome yeah I do portraits and intimate photography and editorial and all the things um under the artistic umbrella awesome and how do you define yourself outside of the work world outside of the workplace I would still define myself as an artist (laughs) (laughs) in all the ways um I am a very curious human um I'm a lover I'm playful um and I like to dig into all the juicy parts of people in the world and yeah I'm very lucky to have an incredible community um Mm -hmm. that I also define myself by and with and through yeah actually um yeah here's a little bit of context if you listen to the episode with my friend Devin Devin is Christine's partner Mm -hmm. those were early (laughs) days too when he was on your (laughs) they were super early days um so that's our connection through this loving community um yeah I mean, for the people that have listened, um, I have since met Christine (laughs) and uh, we've done some photography together. We've had some lovely dinners. Um, I wanted to talk to you on the podcast today because I think there's a lot to be said about the female gaze in the art world and especially like because we have the film world in common as a background and like a lot of the same frustrations. Yeah. um, it's really nice and refreshing to watch your art, especially mm-hmm. um, your more artsy stuff. <laughs> Call it intimate, <laughs> and to be part artsy. of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so how? I know that the portraiture stuff is, you know, your bread and butter. But how do you maneuver? Um, you know, still paying attention to your to your more intimate work or your less commercial work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Um, because I sort of came up in the film industry and I was an actor for a really long time and a filmmaker and <clears throat> was often behind the camera. That's sort of how I fell into doing what I do now, which is a mm-hmm. lot of headshots and portrait and um, work within the film industry still. Um, mm-hmm. But I was noticing the longer um, I was shooting and the more portfolio stuff I had, there was all these like really beautiful in-between moments that never saw the light of day. They were just yeah. like these photos that lived on my computer, you know, in my in my mind um, that that didn't really have a place to go commercially, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't, they didn't pay the bills and they didn't, you know, they were just for the art, art for art's sake. Um, So I kind of started a a whole other facet of my work that was, wasn't motivated by business and um, putting a roof over my head and (laughs) all the things. What place does that have 
in your life it's like still how the same important place. Is it? it's yeah, so it's important still like yeah yeah and oftentimes now um when i am doing a session uh a portrait session or a headshot session i'll find i'll find those moments organically because mm-hmm. it's always sort of in the forefront of my mind that like there's more here to uncover and it's, it doesn't just have to be a a straight up headshot session um <clears throat> and because of that, I have more people that come to me now and ask for those more like, I was curated, say. intimate sessions. Yeah. And yeah. and how do you feel as a as a human who has been in front of the camera about like that relationship between the people that seek you out because of those moments versus yeah. just you know like how how's that connection and how important is it? It's interesting because as an actor, I there was always this sense that you're just supposed to be organically comfortable in front of any camera, but a <laughs> stills camera and a moving camera are just they could not be more different right with a moving camera or film camera you you can still kind of hide a little bit or oftentimes you're playing a role or you're you know unless it's a personal interview which I find so challenging always um that's why we are not on camera right yeah (laughs) but it's the same with with a stills camera it's more of that like personal interview Mm -hmm. you're just being yourself and that's fucking hard yeah, and do. oftentimes you're sitting still, so you're like completely totally, and I'm devoid of distraction. Ga- you know, gaze into my lens and show <laughs> me who you are. Like, sure, tall order. For <laughs> yeah, you know? I think people underestimate that. Like, they're like, I feel like we talk a lot about like, oh, they don't like to be in photos, but like, why? Is yeah, that? you know, well, I mean, like personally, I turn into like a little golem. I'm like, what do I? <laughs> I don't know where my limbs go anymore. I don't know like what my hands do. Everything freezes up, and so I, I get it. It's hard to shed that like to find that ease in front of the camera, whether you're clothed or unclothed or anything yeah. in between. It's like, it's the same. Yeah. You know, you've got that side of your business, which is called perspective feminine mm-hmm. on Instagram. What has the response been to that? Cause you have kind of like those two separate yeah. uh, pages. Yeah. Like what do you, do you feel like there's a different audience <laughs> for both? I, or? Yes and no. I mean, I think like the elements of what I do in my portrait work are still there like the the perspective work isn't necessarily all overtly sexy or overtly intimate or overtly it's um you know I have everything on there from again like I said like fully mm-hmm. clothed to to people tied up and yeah. like there's there's every spectrum on there so it's not necessarily like you come across and be like oh this is a sexy account or this is an no, account no, that's, that's like, true um that's sort of the f- the female body it's not like it's not about that it's about intimacy and whatever that means to the person that is coming in to it to, for the session mm-hmm. like intimacy can be the way you're looking at the camera intimacy can be that you are taking your clothes off and showing yourself in a way that you're scared to do or you know challenging yourself in that way but there's so much there's so many little nuanced moments yeah. in between yeah what you raised an interesting question what does intimacy mean to you (laughs) easy (laughs) questions here we go (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) oh my gosh i mean it's (sighs) take your time because the nature of what i do in my work is intimate again regardless of what type of photography it is it's still me and another person and i'm asking them to be intimate Mm -hmm. and to um and then in my in my personal life it's sort of the same thing like they're interconnected intimacy is just the ability to be vulnerable and ask the other person to meet you there and to have that exchange that's truth and vulnerability and that's real intimacy I think is the like shedding of the the expectations of how we're supposed to show up exist Mm -hmm. yeah or how the conversation's supposed to go or how the photo shoot's supposed to go or how the 
sex is supposed to go. Like it's all, Mm -hmm. it's all intimacy and it's all connected. It's, I think it's such a shame that people put intimacy in that box of like that special someone or that's Mm -hmm. very sort of like, you know, monogamous straight lens of just like, you can only be intimate with your husband or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I find that the most valuable intimacy in my life has been with friends. Same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, my community, like I said, like my friendships are, I've had some of the most intimate um, moments and, and not, uh, not sexual at all in yeah, the yeah. true intimacy where you're yeah. holding someone's, you know, you're literally holding someone up as their life is crumbling around them. Or exactly. That's exactly like, what I was thinking mm-hmm. about. I remember I wrote, uh, I wrote this chapter in my book where I'm like, my life is falling apart and I'm scrubbing toilet. Yeah. Like the, I'm sc- coming out of this Airbnb and I'm scrubbing the toilet and I'm like just wiping shit off the walls of my life. And like I was on the phone with a friend and I'm like, that's real intimacy. Yeah. Like sitting in the shitter, like yeah. crying, falling apart while someone holds you there, even just on the phone. Like it doesn't have to be, Truly. you know, yeah. for me, that was the peak of intimacy. Truly. Truly. I had a, a dear friend of mine whose marriage fell apart this year. <clears throat> and she showed up on my doorstep and, and said, my marriage is falling apart. And yeah. within literally an hour, the, the troops were like mobilized, you know, and everybody, there was a knock on the door every five minutes and someone was bringing tea and food and holding mm-hmm. her, rubbing her hair or she didn't have to say a word. She just had yeah. to sit there and be held and receive that intimacy from all of us. And I remember looking around being like, this is it. This yeah. is where it's fucking at. Like, And it's so funny how we in the society don't have spaces to prioritize those kinds of relationships or those kinds of support systems. Like we're just, you know, supposed to stand there with maybe one other person, but really actually the message is you're supposed to be able to do it on your own. Yeah. Which is why our world is crumbling around. (laughs) (laughs) It really is because like you cannot do it alone. No. And I think the last few years, like obviously with COVID and with Mm -hmm. the ever changing landscape of what community is supposed to be defined by is like, we're realizing more and more we can't do it alone. We went through this crazy moment where everyone was telling us we weren't allowed to connect anymore and we weren't allowed to be in each other's space or breathe next Mm -hmm. to each other. Like, God, our poor nervous systems. Well, that's the thing. And like, you know, we're speaking from like our 30s perspective. So we've we're able to be aware of what what is taken away from us and what we are missing and what we are prioritizing. I just feel terrible for people who haven't had the chance to establish this. Yeah. Um, like, you know, people in their like late teens or early twenties. I'm just like, how are you even coping with this? Because even for us, like, I feel like, and we, we kind of prepped this before we started recording, but like, I feel like I've spent the last 32 years of my life getting to a point where I'm finally like comfortable asking for what I need and bringing in the people that I need for yeah. what they can give me and what I can give them. And yeah. like in a, in a sexual, intimate, romantic and platonic way of just being like, this is what I need from a village. And this is, these are the people that constitute my village. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, Nope, your village yeah. is Mark. Uh, <laughs> cool. We'll just cool, stare cool. at each other for <laughs> literal weeks then and years at this point. Yeah, expect this other person to fill every single possible need that I have for connection and community and intimacy. <laughs> and like, right? Okay, great. It's a and we spend so like so long and so much energy into stepping away from the monogamous sort yeah. of like prison cell that it can yeah. be for certain people. Yeah. And now it's just like a whole other level of 
adapting to your circumstances. Truly. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that is potentially going to be talked about a lot more as we sort of like realize that we're not really coming out of this. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a pendulum swing. I think more than anything for me, it's like going from, you know, I, I have lived alone for the last partner I lived with. I think I was 21 and I'm almost 40 now. So like I've lived alone for a really long time on my own. I've had many partnerships, but I've chosen to keep them, you know, out of your house. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or I get to choose when they're in my house. Um, And my partner moved in with me over the last couple of years through COVID stuff. And, you know, it was very organic and it felt like the right thing. We didn't Mm -hmm. do it because of COVID or because of, but I, I think had the world been a different place there there may have been mm-hmm. more conversation or it may not have happened as quickly or there may but now again with the pendulum swing yeah here we are in these like because i remember actually because devin was like oh my stuff's just in storage because i'm <laughs> traveling and like yeah. you know i just don't know where we're gonna end up yeah. so it's temporary yeah two and a half years later we're yeah <laughs> well we were both traveling and then the world shut down as we were getting back you know to real life um he was on an emergency flight back to vancouver when yeah well, everything was going down in early 2020 and um yeah, we just sort of landed together and it's been wonderful, but it's also a, a real adjustment as far as sharing space and, mm-hmm. and those I- intimacy, like the being alone together thing has come up a lot for me where I'm like, yeah, okay, you figure out that it doesn't mean the other person is um, uh, mad or frustrated or even even just, yeah. you know, you just want a little bit of space. And so you need to figure out how the nuance of being alone together, which is a really... <laughs> It's really hard. It's and a really it, hard thing. I think it's especially hard if you've enjoyed. I, I don't know. I think Devin is closer to us in that space, but Mark, Mark very much needs that presence. Yeah. He hasn't lived alone. Yeah. You know, like I'm similar to you, lived alone for many, many years uh, across many continents. And so I've had to learn with having somebody in my alone space. Whereas he's had to learn giving me alone space, you know? And I feel like um, my biggest hurdle has been to realize, like you said, like, oh, he's not grumpy. That's just his face right now. (laughs) Or like, you know, like he's not brushing me off because of something personal. He's just like, that's not where his mind is at right now. And I feel like that's, yeah sounds so trivial and sounds so like normal like a first step in a relationship but it isn't because when you've (laughs) engineered it so that it's not and you find yourself there you're just like fuck yeah yeah it's a weird um I I think COVID has sort of created for me this weird uh feeling of codependency even though I'm not a codependent person or I don't define myself as Mm -hmm. a codependent person at all I have always thought I was quite the opposite to be truthful um but because of the sort of insular nature of what the last couple of years has forced us to to do and how it's forced us to behave there is now this sort of like codependence of um like i need i need you because i'm lonely yeah. because i don't have all of the things that i used to do i don't i'm yeah. not traveling for work all the time like i used to i'm not um meeting you know, new people meeting new people all the time like i used to it's um there's this sort of antisocial <sighs> shadow hanging out over all of us which I think is lifting a little bit now which has been really nice but again it's hard to like adjust the pendulum back to what feels healthy because I think we've maybe lost the sense of what does feel healthy and what well yeah and also like I feel like even if you were in a moment where you felt like you had enough 
it's still like I can't make any decisions without you. Mm-hmm. Not because of any kind of control, but because of the circumstances. My decisions impact you. Like 100%. fully now. Totally. Like there is nothing that I do yeah. that doesn't impact you. So if this is going to work, we got to work together. Absolutely. And yeah. I feel like that's so hard because yeah. it, it plays into that codependency that you're talking about because suddenly it feels like I'm telling you you can't do that. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, yeah. I really want you to do that, but yeah. you can't do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's my, um, I've, I've, I have some family members that are also quite immunocompromised. So that's been a whole nother level of navigating, you know, risks. Th- yeah. Or like f- feeling like you're allowing somebody to make choices or not allowing mm. them to, depending on, well, I have to see family next week. So actually, sorry, you're not allowed to go yeah. out and play with your friends. Like yeah. what an awful thing to impose on somebody. And it's not yeah. something I would ever want to bring into a relationship, but because of the circumstances, there's this weight of like, well, every choice that we make, you know, has a real, real uh, consequence. consequence. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like just before we went to LA, Mark was like, oh, I want to go to the island for this date. And I'm like, really? You're going to take a ferry, go to a different place, like, during storm season with COVID? Like, I don't know. Like, and we're taking a plane in four days. Are you really going to jeopardize all yeah. of that? Yeah. I was hearing myself talking, like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Interesting, hey? Because, like, any other 29 years of my life, I would have mm. been like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, mm. pack it all in. Like, efficiency is great. You have two days <laughs> off. Go. Like, you know, like, that is what I would have said. Not yeah. like... Please stay home and be careful. Yeah. There's also, um, for me, the a real challenge in, in the navigation of non-monogamy has been the cohabitation thing as well, COVID or not, mm-hmm. n- notwithstanding. But th- the having it be so close to you... Um, you know, if you live in separate houses, you can sort of be like, oh, you're going, you're going on a date tonight. Okay, cool. I'm going to be doing my thing or, yeah. but, but because of COVID and the closeness and the insular nature and the cohabitation and all of the things, it's like pretty fucking apparent when somebody's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what do you do? Like, do you leave your own house so that they would come? Like, yeah. It, yeah. I was saying kind of that when he was like, oh, I'm going to go to the island to see this person. I'm like, really? You're going to spend like $250 and ferries and <laughs> yeah. then a hotel like to see this person for two hours. Yeah. Like, why can't they come here? And he's like, and so what? Where are you going to go when they come here? And I'm like, mm, uh, great question. I mean, I could go stay with a friend, I guess. And then he's like, isn't that weirder? Like, yeah. wouldn't it be weirder if I kicked you out of your own house? And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think there's like a less weird option here. <laughs> like, yeah, everything is suddenly huge. Yeah. Everything we fought to have is suddenly a big deal. And like you were saying, it's been emotional. Like it has been for us like crazy because had it been normal circumstances, I would have had different coping mechanisms. I would have had different ways to express my frustration, my resentment, my jealousy, my lack of care. You know what I mean? Like totally. Yeah. That, that definitely hits home. Like, and now you're just there. Like, constantly yeah just constantly even through therapy even through whatever i'm still like spiraling through these patterns that i see coming yep. i'm like there it is yeah i should not be yelling right now but <laughs> here i am and he's gonna yell more and then it's gonna like it's this, like we're just stepping into this ride now that we know very well and there's just no fucking getting off of it yeah you're down the you're down the tunnel 
<clears throat> I've been thinking so much lately ar- around the emotional versus the rational too, because my, my rational mind and my emotional body are two very different beasts. Like my rational mind is like, yeah, that's great. This, these are all the things we've talked about and wanting in relationship and moving through, na- you know, navigating open spaces and giving each other the freedom uh, of expression to be who they are and meet other people and, you know, do all these things that ultimately bring joy. And um, so my rational brain goes, yes, 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 tick, tick, tick box 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 all yeah. those things and then my emotional body maybe because of the shit storm that the last couple of years has been maybe <laughs> because I'm still figuring out how to navigate things and what feels good for me in the moment too but my emotional body then goes fuck all those things no no yeah. I'm feeling really shitty about this so now let's nu- not do any of those things let's take it all off the table <laughs> and like it's I think for me that's like that's the biggest lesson of this year is like when we're scared we Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-sabotage like a drink to that (laughs) you know because i'm listening to you and it's like you're not taking it off the table because of him no it's because of your fear and so you're like nope and i've been doing the same thing and mark has been doing the same thing like we've had a real i don't think i've talked about it on the podcast yet but we've had like a really rough patch with my libido being like non-existent Mm. and um and i I'll be like, okay, this weekend I want to have sex. Like I'm feeling, mm, and then he'll sabotage it. Mm, Whereas yeah. he's been asking this from me the entire time, but yeah. now it's this big deal. It's this big like monster in the corner yeah. staring at you. And you're just yeah. like, why the fuck do we do? Like we yeah. just freeze in panic because everything has been so scary for two years that we just like are in panic mode all the time. Yeah. And like our rational brains can deal with it, but our tra- traumatized bodies are just like, nope. Yeah. Nope, yep. nope. You told me I could, but then you took it away. So I'm just not going to believe that you're going to give Fight me any of it. Flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like you, you put the carrot out there, and then you took it away mm. so many times this year. Yeah. Nope. Just yeah. not gonna, not gonna fall for it this time. And it's like a really hard thing to step out of when, rationally, you're like, what the fuck? Oh, totally. I mean, I can, I can see when the patterns are coming up for mm-hmm. for both of us there's moments where I'm like oh here comes this thing I can see it coming from a mile away or I can feel it in my own body coming from a mile away or I can you know there's a, a behavior that will happen on his end and I'm like oh yeah here we go we're this is not feeling good I can't stop it and there it goes <laughs> and like but like so what do we do <clears throat> right uh, more therapy I don't know <laughs> well, yeah but I don't know Talk about you, but I think honestly like I've, I've said to my partner so many times, like it's really challenging cause I don't feel like I have a lot of people to talk to. Yeah. Same. Um, in navigating the non-monogamy world, mm. because I feel like there is still a lot of judgment or a lot of, uh, misunderstanding <sighs> preach. <coughs> um, because when those feelings come up and you're like, oh, I'm hurt because this person did this thing. And then all of, you know, like it's your fault. Like, well, why are you putting yourself in that situation? (laughs) Or why are you, if my partner did that, I would leave him tomorrow. Like what? I don't understand. Or, and and I know I have, it comes from love. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have honestly some dear friends that are, that are so good at holding space for me in those moments, which I'm grateful for, but there's, it is still a lonely space sometimes because, um, I just haven't quite landed in the community yet where I'm like finding the folks that are navigating and everyone is navigating in different ways too. Right. Well, that's the thing. And I just like, for me, it's, it, I I resonate a lot with what you're saying is because we also are all doing it differently. Exactly. Yeah. We all have different, like even within the community, if you have one, yeah, everyone's doing it so differently. And so there's almost like this, not shame, but like this, 
these um, stereotypes that yeah. we're kind of afraid to walk into, you know, and and like you don't want to be that guy or that girl, no. or that person. No. And so it's it's kind of hard to find moments where you can express like because I always make the joke. I'm like, oh, we like finally ended up in a healthy, open relationship and then the world shut it down. And we're like, nope, yeah. you're monogamous now, yeah. like through circumstance. And like it's a funny joke, <laughs> but it's also like the deepest truth is that. I already had a hard time working through it when it was the best of times yep. because that's what yep. our bodies are trained. They're not trained to do that. Like it's all new stuff. We all come up with like different ways to analyze new information and to listen to our bodies in those moments. Yeah. And like it changes all the time. And so I feel like when you come up to a hard time and you're on, on top of it, like cohabitating and kind of stuck in this one-on-one mm. -on -one situation, it's, like, who are you going to talk, turn to? Because you're going to turn to your friends and they're not going to get it. Yeah. You're going to turn try. to your partner. Bless they'll them. try. Yeah. But they're not going to get it. You're going to turn to your partner and they're going to like empathize with you. But you're going to have the same conversation <laughs> you've been having over and over, and over in a different, again. in a different way with maybe some different words, but it's the same conversation. And like, you know, thank goodness. I feel like we both have partners that are very open to conversation yes. and talking because it's yes. the only way it works. But yes. yeah, if you're only going to that person, you're in a whirlpool together with that person yeah. and like and you can like the resources that are out there are, I, i've always found this this has been a real a real challenge for me actually in, yes. in the spaces um i feel like there's sort of two <laughs> like we were just talking about there, it's either very lonely because you you know people try and hold space for you but don't really understand and everyone's navigating differently mm -hmm. um or, you know, the resources that are available to us, whether they're books or online, I, I find them very idealistic, which yeah. is because everyone's trying to sell, like, look how great this is. You should be polyamorous. You should be non-monogamous. Like, this is the best lifestyle ever, and here's why. And it's and I find it really, really challenging to sift through because it is, it's like they're selling. The yeah, and it's also infantilizing, I find. Yeah. Like, I find it a little, like, patronizing to I read do those too, yeah. because you're just like, yeah. um... It's actually hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks. Don't tell me what I'm to do. trying. <laughs> it's fucking hard. Thanks for telling me that it's the ideal that is way. The best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And and then also when someone says evolved to me one more time, oh I God. swear. Fuck. <laughs> I know. I, but then also conversely, every therapist you come across is unprepared. Mm -hmm. Like they're m on the converse side of that. At least in my experience, they've mm. been like, "Yes, it is hard." You're like, cool, cool, I know. Yeah, thanks, chips. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bud. I kind of think I called you because it was, <laughs> I think yeah. that's the reason why we're here, but okay. Well, I, it, it's so funny. I remember this, like, thinking about just the resources and, and books and literature mm. and all the things that you do when you're preparing yourself to be in an open relationship, you yeah. know? Like um, a good, I don't think. Like I don't a good think, student. You know what I'm going to say? Like a good keener. <laughs> oh, let me, let me get the um, facts straight. And I remember, <laughs> you know, so many things coming up about compersion, this word compersion and, like, <clears throat> all of the things that it meant and all the things you're supposed to feel and how compersion is the the ultimate you know spice in the in in making for a successful yeah. open relationship on any anywhere on the scale of open um and it wasn't until really recently that I finally found an article or something that was written that was like compersion is hard and, and it, you don't have to have it to be in an open <laughs> relationship and I was like well fucking thank god because I don't like I I have struggled with that for a very long time and I thought that I was like well I'm not doing it right because I don't yeah. have these like joyful overwhelming feelings of happiness when my partner's with someone else like mm. I, I can deal with it and we're navigating it so that I have the same freedoms when mm -hmm. when it arises for me but I don't feel like fuck yeah babe 
So I do in collective space, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not a thing about like the, the act of sexuality or the, or the sex or the, like I can watch my partner have sex with someone else when I'm in the joyfully. room and it feels yeah. gra- very yeah. joyfully, yeah. very happily. Like it feels quite wonderful sometimes yeah. actually. So I know what that compersion feeling sort of feels like in the body, yeah. but when it's independent space, I don't have it. It's not there. It doesn't exist for me. And I, and I've thought it's, I'm like, what's well, something that'll come. It's just, I just have to work on it. I have but to, you know, I think that again, I feel like we're talking about compersion. Like we were talking about orgasm like 10 mm. years ago of just like, totally. you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay if you haven't had it yet, but you will. It's like, actually just there's a, like a high percentage of women who are anorgasmic for the rest of yeah. their lives. Like, and we shouldn't be like those women have failed a secret quest for orgasm. Totally. Um, and same for this. Like we had this like, moment while I was in Europe last summer and I called Mark and he was on a date with a friend of ours and we all were on the phone really excited about their date and then we hung up and and um the person he was on a date with was like that was such a moment of like poly joy mm. of like great you know and I'm like yeah but that's like one moment <laughs> in three years and thankfully they can come with the right people but it's not a given every time no and that's the thing I don't think that the ex I think the expectations in general of what this lifestyle should be or what it should feel like are what's kind of like killing it about it to me because I'm like I came here because I didn't want to have expectations yeah. I didn't want to be in a place where somebody told me what I should do when I should do it how I should do it with whom I should do it for how long I should do it like you know yeah so I think that it's we're doing to non-monogamy or polyamory or whatever you want to call it what we did to monogamy <laughs> we're like institutionalizing it right. in a way putting some you know you don't have to have any rules some people have rules like yeah. you know some yeah. people don't have rules yeah. but like saying like don't have any rules rules are bad is like well no like rules can be necessary for certain people like why are we doing yeah. this and the two people in the relationship need to be the ones that are figuring it out because within two three four whatever yeah, however many people however many, yeah. i'm speaking from my own you know i'm in a relationship with one other person at the moment so i'm speaking from my own viewpoint Place. but yeah. mm-hmm. um but regardless of the amount of people in the in the Equation. in the mix <laughs> Everybody is going to come with their own expectations and baggage and different ways of navigating and different levels of compersion and different um, ideas of non-monogamy. And different levels of comfort. Different levels of comfort. And different understandings yeah, of intimacy. Of different understandings of love and pleasure. Yeah. And it's tough. So you have to meet people where they are. And that's what my partner and I always talk about is like, yeah, we're trying to meet each other where they, where we are. Cause we are, we're very different mm-hmm. in the way that we show up on that, on that spectrum of non-monogamy. Oh too. yeah. Like I inherit, I believe that he's an inherently polyamorous human and has all I of think the, so too. has all of the capacities and all of the love and all of the, you know, the ways to, um, to show that to multiple people. And I am not, I wouldn't identify as polyamorous at all. I'm yeah. sort of somewhere in the, you know, excitable, non-monogamous, curious, playful, yeah. like, you know, experiences with other people sounds great, but I want that sort of one committed yeah. partnership. So we're constantly pushing and pulling and mm-hmm. testing and bringing things back and pushing them forward and bringing them back again. And yeah. because we're not the same and we're not on the same path and and that's fucking okay yeah well you know what i mean like how it could be any other way because everyone's different exactly but the messaging isn't that yeah the messaging isn't that anywhere that's literally the opposite of the messaging that's being thrown at us is that like the reason for this lifestyle (laughs) existing is because i fucking hate it um because (laughs) i'm sorry i hate that word (laughs) 
so bad. Uh, but the reason why these structures are in place now and like people are relating to them is because like you'll find someone who thinks like you or feels right. like you or loves like you. Yeah. And it's like that's a false premise for me because yeah. Mark does not f- love like me. He does not have sex like me. He doesn't think about people like I do. Mm. And I love the way he loves and I love the way he invests himself in any moment like I am not like that like I have years of unpacking why I had such a great time practicing transactional sex you know what I mean yeah, like totally. why that yep. was my yep. go-to yep. and how it's informed me in a great way and how it also was a total coping mechanism yeah. for like a whole kind of like just as a, as a sidebar and you know as a sidebar there too when I like to tell our, our audience when yeah. I Tina gifted me her book for my birthday this year and I read it in like two days <laughs> just like poured through it and I was like oh I get you we have a very similar just like to, to yeah. make note of your the way that you sort of navigated your early um, re- relationship yeah, with yeah. sex and, and intimacy like very similar I have a very it, it, it resonates with me a lot that well because like I feel like that's I feel like in a way that's kind of was one of two paths in in those sort of you know like late 90s early 2000s mid 2000s mm-hmm. of developing as a woman it was like either you were uh, uh, Christina Aguilera or you were Britney Spears like you went the puritanical way or you went the like here's my yeah. ass cheeks way you yeah. know yeah. respect to both of those options but yeah. those were the only two options yeah. and so you internalize all that shit and you internalize like this like third wave feminism that you accept or, re- or reject but like you internalize it in a way that's like okay like do I find this pleasurable? Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to think about why I like it. <laughs> Might come back to bite me in the ass later. A hundred percent. And then you come into your thirties and you're just like, mm, yeah, I did, yeah, I did that for many other reasons that I was not aware of. Yeah. Um, even throughout the end of that book, I'm still like, you yeah. know, processing some of that shit of yeah. just like, but I still, that is still th- my go-to when I'm in doubt. When like I'm having like this moment with Mark, May, I'm always like, maybe I should go back to this and this person that felt safe because they were, I respect them as human beings. I have love for them but I'm very much able to consume them mm. and let it go. Yeah. And that is still somewhere where my heart and my body want to go yeah. when I am in crisis mode. Yeah. So it's like something that I have to sometimes explain to Mark because he's so different from me. Yeah. And like, I think he's an inherently, I think he might be polyamorous, but I think he has sort of a attachment and abandonment issues that don't let him fully explore explore like his his ways of loving the way that Devin might have already you know what I mean whereas for me I have the opposite Mm. where I'm like if I'm independent I'm fine it's when the dependency arrives that I'm like whoop red flag it's like the exact opposite yeah 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 and I think I think how you navigate sort of your early early sex life relationship Mm -hmm. life intimacy life really does color how we show up now in these spaces because the things that come up are the ones that are those like deep deep dark little bags that are packed to the brim but I yeah for me like I was quite promiscuous all through my 20s I worked Mm -hmm. in the bars I I was a bit of a nerd in high school and then I you know had my awakening and was like oh (laughs) I have this power now that I'm gonna wield yes and I was drinking a ton and I was you know not making great decisions because I was making them clout with clouded vision you know 50% of the time maybe more Yep. So I had that moment in time. I had a lot of it. I had, you know, a decade of of being like 
la, 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 la. <laughs> just whatever the fuck I wanted. And some of it felt great and some of it did not feel great. Yeah. And so moving into my thirties and now closer to my forties, I I've done that. Mm-hmm. Like that's been a part mm-hmm. of my life and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I want to revisit that. I don't part. need it anymore. Whereas my partner was in long-term relationships. Same with Mark. Back to back to back to back. And, yeah. and so w- through through his early life and so we're kind of the opposite ends of discovery yeah totally totally. yeah which again relates to the way that we show up in this primary relationship that we have is like there is this fear that because he's always been with one person i've always been with hundreds i'm never you know like that's never gonna be enough for me which is actually the opposite of what i'm needing because i've had it yeah and i'm always like oh you're gonna want to like i'm always in my subconscious, like now is the time where you should be doing all of this to him. I'm imposing all of these shoulds <coughs> that he's not asked for, but yeah. I am just like clouded in this like assumption that people should experience all these things. We're really and, like, good at projecting our own feelings onto other people, aren't we? Well, right. <laughs> and like, like I oh, that's my shit. I'm sorry for putting it on your pile. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. And, and also like, again, going back to compersion and like this like fallacy about open relationships is that common spaces are one thing I think common spaces and again this is my perspective of it and if it doesn't relate to anyone listening like that's totally fair I don't mean this to sound like a generalization (laughs) but in my experience and perhaps in yours from what I've heard is that the common spaces feel like a feast like a big you know they feel celebratory because right. to me, right? Not to put words in your mouth, but exactly that, like that was the word that came. They up feel as like a feast, giant like get together where everyone gets celebrating to each eat other and drink and have <coughs> the pleasure. And you're and with your partner, so you're celebrating each other while you're celebrating. There's other this people. shared yep. common experience yep. of people coming to a place to enjoy the same thing, yep. whether it's a meal or a drink or oh, totally. you know, a, a yeah. group sex. Yep. For yep. me, that is easier to understand. That is easier to process yeah. logically, yeah. and in my body, it is pure euphoria. Yeah. So Same. for once, they're agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> Same. But in um, separate spaces, like you said, like suddenly they're gone, and it's not that I care where he is; it's that he's not here, yeah. so I feel it. FOMO. And now, what do you? <laughs> one FOMO, Hondo P. And two, if you are someone with abandonment issues, that's where they flare up. Even though you very much know that that's not what's happening. Yeah. All of these things are so amplified yeah. by the fact that we have no bearings. We have no like lessons in our body of how to process these mm. feelings because I think our generation was just like you know achieve <laughs> there was no other goal mm-hmm. it was like achieve mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're achieving achieve it yeah you'll process later if, yeah if at all yeah whereas like I feel hopeful for the future of mankind mm-hmm. of just like you know more therapy more sitting and processing more feasts <laughs> more feasts <laughs> it's because we're just learning we're literally yeah. like newborns learning how to walk yeah. In this world of just like, that is a feeling and that's okay. And it that will pass. How, that's how it feels most of the time, honestly, is that like, like I, we said in the beginning, like it's hard. Yeah. Open relationships are hard. Monogamy is hard. Non-monogamy is hard. Exactly. It's hard to hit, hit your wagon to another human and be like, okay, you and me, babe, what are we doing? <laughs> We're yeah. in this together? How far? How far? <laughs> how long? How much talking? How many <laughs> other people? So but when? But talking. in what? Yeah. <laughs> What circumstances are okay and what aren't? And you can't, like, you try and, you know, control for what feels good for you in a way to keep yourself safe, but... 
But you don't even know. You, you don't even know what you're controlling. Until it happens, and then you, you know, something really hurts, and you, and then the other person hurts because they've hurt you, and you know, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm sorry, I thought that was okay, and then it happened, and it wasn't. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not linear, too. No. Like I keep reminding myself, you know, when I get really frustrated that just because something has has felt good it may not feel good again yeah in the same way it's not linear you know you get to this point where you're like oh we've had all the chats so we're good to go check mark like right on (laughs) and then and then you know it's it's a sensitive time of the month or or things are hungry balanced or you're fucking hungry (laughs) or somebody you know you're sad or whatever and all of a sudden things feel shitty and it's it's frustrating because you want to be farther along you do. Or you more always evolved or more yeah. of all these things, but it's not linear. No, and like you might be ahead one day and you'll be behind the next. Yeah. And one of my closest friends um, is also going through like marriage struggles and was like, <laughs> we joked about it, but like called me crying in a parking lot, you know, like those moments in your life. And then I called her again like recently, a couple weeks later, and I'm like, how are you doing? She's like, actually better. I mean, when's the last time I talked to you? Oh, yeah, crying in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. No, it's better now. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the parking lot, but, like, I've learned that, like, this is what maybe relationships are. Like, maybe we just, like, you know, go up and down, and, and that's just what it's always going to be. Because, yeah. like, when she asked me how we are doing, I said, you know, LA was really good, like, we had some big talks, like, obviously nothing is fixed, fixed, yeah. but, like, we're coping and, you know, working through it, and, like, I feel good about it, and she's yeah. like, fuck, this is just what life is. I feel like this is what life is, and nobody told us. <laughs> nobody told us that this is the essence of life. You're oh just yeah. going to go yeah. back and forth with other humans yeah. about how you feel yeah. <laughs> until oh, and, you die. And then with, also now with COVID, we're going to put you in a box while you do it. We're going to trap <laughs> you in a box yeah. while you do it all of these other things that we were already navigating now we're going to trap you t- literally in a box <laughs> yeah and then like space doesn't feel like space it feels like void mm. togetherness feels mm-hmm. suffocating mm. um you know like thankfully i have a really great time with my partner so it ha- like you know all the, all all jokes aside like it has been a really joyful thing to navigate for the most part even yeah. the sh- even the hard parts like you know we show up for each other in a way that's pretty special but yeah, being being the feeling of being trapped in a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when a you, you can't get on a plane yeah. or you can't do, you know you like you said the coping mes- mechanisms that we had before whether yeah. they be healthy or not the distractions and, mm-hmm. they're all gone and I and I'm, I mean also caveat like I love Mark and I I've never been able to in the past be on such an open communicative level with another human being yeah. and that's what I cherish the most and that's why I'm still here and that's yeah. why he's still here and like but sometimes it's good to talk about the stuff that's not good. Um, you know, because, because you, I feel like there's so many spaces in our lives where we have to filter, (laughs) like whether it's social media or family reunions or workplace or whatever, you're just like, everything is great. I'm great. Look at me go. And then the hard stuff is sort of like in a joke, brushed under a carpet or, and I think that's, that's what I was trying to touch on a little bit before about the the safety of being able to talk about the things that aren't great without without the judgment or without the fear of people being like well that's yeah. because and now sh- they're dead to you yeah whatever it may be um because on, in, yeah with social media too like everyone obviously shares the best parts of themselves for the for the mm-hmm. most part so in in 
open space too you know you find the the people you can be like okay what what do these people have to say today like what's the vibe and it's always quite there's a positive spin or there's the all the reasons why this is great you're like how about the reasons why it's not sometimes yeah <laughs> or like the hard ones yeah. that end up being great but, but yeah. in the process are probably yeah. not so like, i think we're getting there it feels like there is more honest conversation happening now slowly i hope so and i think like we were talking about actually in the beginning of this conversation is like that community aspect that I think, you know, naively we all join social media for Mm -hmm. um, is, is resurfacing, resurfacing in a drastic way of just like smaller, tighter circles, but like, because we don't have the coping mechanisms and because we can't just like opt out, of you know what we're in yeah I, f- I find myself anyway personally more mindful mm. more present more purposeful with some of my decisions with my friends and yeah. with like yeah my day-to-day decisions yeah and I find myself less self-flagellating about the shittier decisions that I'm making or yeah. like you know doing nothing not resting not resting <laughs> doing nothing <laughs> you know like that sh- that place where you'd be like oh, I'm a failure. I've done nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like rest because it's not rest. It's literally <laughs> sitting unhappily doing nothing. Marinating. Marinating. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. that I feel like I'm less harsh with myself about. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I'm not putting a spin on it. I'm not saying, oh, that was needed rest. No, I know that I did nothing. And I wasn't restful and it wasn't peaceful, yeah. but it wasn't shit either. Yeah. And I wonder too, like... <sighs> touching on the on the aspects of of social media and and like connectedness mm-hmm. via the via the social spaces and internet spaces like i think that some of that has actually been really detrimental to to yeah. relationship and to um you know there's like a world of humans now on your phone at your fingertips where you can be like oh i'm not feeling this for a minute i'm going to go whoop scroll these faces and see like yep. i there's i have no zero judgments on online dating i met my partner online like there, yeah. this is not a judgment in any way shape or form but that being said i think that it is there are some really tricky things with that space now and the mm-hmm. and the availability and the distractibility mm-hmm. and the um you know getting home and sitting on the couch and just immediately opening your phone and two hours go by when you're not actually connecting with people like that's not you may be having a conversation but yeah you know you're also fielding a conversation with however many people like you're not really connecting and also like I feel like I was thinking about this because Mark has a tendency to swipe I don't have a tendency to I think maybe because I'm a woman and he's a man and like yeah our different experiences using those apps yes um, but like, cause for him, he probably is like, you know, swiping yeah. for hours until there's a match for us. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, the entire time. Yeah. Um, so I don't swipe very often anymore. Um, and I was thinking about it the other day when he opened it, I, like I happened to see his phone and I was like, wow, like that's what you're doing right now. And it wasn't hurtful. It was just like, I wouldn't think of doing this. Like I was curious, mm. like why? Are you choosing to pass your time this way? Like, I'll rescroll my Instagram until I fucking die before <laughs> I do that, you know? Um, but it's the same, it's the same it's impulse. It's the same it's the impulse. It's the exact same impulse. And, and for him, it's like the same actual result. Mm-hmm. Because it's looking at faces. Yeah. Nothing ever comes out of it. Yeah. Whereas if I swipe, it, things might come out of it, mm. you know? So it, I don't do it because that's not where I am right now. Um, and I think we've transactionalized these connections in a way that almost isn't as consenting as 
picking up someone in a bar would be, which is, you know, ironic considering how sometimes unconsenting (laughs) picking up someone in a bar can be. (laughs) Totally. Um, But like, you don't know what the other person's swiping for and you don't know what you're swiping for sometimes. Yeah. And like, I find that there's a mindlessness to it. Exactly. Yeah, I see which my is like, scary. Oh, nothing's ever wrong. But this is a real human being yeah. looking for love potentially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That has put in so much effort and yeah. energy and hope into this. And you're just like, meh. Yeah. And you'll, you'll connect with them and never talk to them again. And they'll be heartbroken for three months. You don't know what you're doing to those people. Yeah, exactly. Even though you mean no harm. Yeah. You mean yeah. absolutely no harm. It's the most harmless it could possibly be. You're, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's like internet trolling. You're hiding behind a screen thinking you're harmless. But then you've actually like altered yeah. the course of somebody's day by, yeah. you know. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. That's actually really poignant. And that's really hard for me to, to like put together yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Because luckily, like you know from the book and stuff, luckily I swiped with the intention of instant gratification and pleasure. And that was it. I never put in that much effort. Yeah. But I see around me how it affects people's self-esteem, self-worth. Oh, I can't, I can't count how many conversations I've had with girlfriends in the, over the past you know, year or so about the, um, the, the landscape of online dating and how horrific it is right now. Yeah. Like how horrific people are to each other because there is this, again, this, like, this lack of co- actual connectivity. It's, like you said, so transactional, so like... Um, it, it, unpersonal. Yeah. Dispersonal? Unpersonal? Not personal. <laughs> oh, fucking it's not fucking personal. Not fucking personal. <laughs> impersonal. Impersonal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> impersonal. Swiping in my brain through five languages. Yeah, yeah um, totally. But yeah, and I think even t- for men, like we've sort of like assumed that it sucks to be a guy on a mm. dating app and we're just kind of okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, yeah. dudes are taking a beating. I mean, yes and no. I've also had so many friends that have gone on dates and been like, that was awful. Like, that yeah. person was awful to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not but sure. they've gone on the date. Yeah. The guy sat on his couch and never went on. You know what right. I mean? Like, that, totally. That's like, yeah. 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 That, it's in the prior to that. Totally. At um, least that person followed through and showed up at the <laughs> table. <Yeah. laughs> this is already one step, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. And when I listen to that, it makes me feel like an asshole for complaining about my life. Mm. Because I remember being that person, how much it sucked, even though I had it the easiest because I wasn't looking for love. Yeah. So it just makes me feel like you were like we started this thing. We have no one to complain to. But it's like, I feel like a dick when you do. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, you have a loving partner. I'm sorry. That's not enough for you. Yeah. It's like, ah, fuck. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm in a really wonderful relationship with the human being that I am madly in love with. But um, I'm complaining. But I have <laughs> to say. You listen you to me. Know? Yeah. It feels like, a, oh, I'm sorry, you haven't had six orgies in the last three yeah. months, you ungrateful fuck. <laughs> You're like, but I miss them. But they were so nice. Oh, no, we can't air this now, can we? Because we just sound like turds. We do, but I mean, it's important. <laughs> I think self-awareness is key. It and is, also, it I'm is. sure a lot of the people that have at this point followed my podcast are also looking to hear the shitty yeah. parts of open relationships yeah. because yeah. everything is so through this, like, rose filter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Many want more orangeies, right? <laughs> Shout out to our partner. <laughs> Insisting we have more orangeies, and we're like, no, I don't know. Did they get a COVID test? <laughs> have they been out of the country in the last 14 days? I don't know. Are they exhibiting any symptoms? 
They're like, no, they're just horny, Tina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly flip-flopping with COVID, with my life, with everything about yeah. like, oh, I'm taking things too seriously. I'm not taking things seriously enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too cautious. I'm not cautious enough. Yeah. It's, I think that's the, uh, a pretty universal feeling at the moment for sure. All right, we're coming to that time in the episode where I'm going to ask you the f- everyone's <gasps> favorite question. Um, what's a thing mm. in your life that you wish you would have known sooner, that you wish someone told you, that you know now and you're like, holy fuck, they would have changed the course. It seems so obvious now, but no one ever told me. Oh, yeah, that that growth isn't linear. Yeah. I wish someone had told me, like, there is no straight line path like it's going to curve back and go around the corner and come up again backwards. And like, yeah. just because you've learned something or felt like you've, you know, navigated something correctly doesn't mean you're going to do it again the next time. It's not a straight line. Yeah. That's a huge one. Well, I think as, as someone, I'm like a bit of an overachiever too. So I'm like, cool. I learned the thing. <laughs> like, moving on next. Moving on next. Like, look at me go. And yeah. And I, you know, was devastated when it didn't go the same way the next time or, or something mm. wasn't wasn't fully unpacked or but it's yeah it's and also like something that's true today is not true tomorrow totally yeah so like even through no fault of your own you know what i mean like just like even if you've learned or grown yeah the circumstances have suddenly changed and your lesson is to be unlearned and you're just like but i just learned this and it's applicable (laughs) it's applicable everywhere like to bring it back to art too like you know i'll have a, a a photo session that goes incredibly one day and i'm like on top of the world like i'm the best motherfucking person at this job like I am so good <laughs> and then the next day complete opposite and I'll be yeah. like I'm worthless I am imposter syndrome through the roof like I why am I an artist despair 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 and that can happen within the span of 24 hours oh yeah so. I feel like that's the plight of the artist yeah luckily yeah we have a word for it yeah still sucks <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like every time this like the podcast doesn't like work out or have to reschedule which I do a lot yeah. um, because of work um, I'm always like why am I doing this? Mm. Nobody cares. So much effort for nothing. And then every time I do it, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. I, w- I never wanted to stop. Yeah, don't stop. This is where I see value in human connection. Yeah. Like, when when do we get to do this anymore? No. Just sit there don't. and have no phones, have no distractions, talk to one human being, one only one, mm-hmm. or like two if it's like a whatever, mm-hmm. but like pay undivided attention to the conversation. And I feel like that for me is like going again, going back to learning is like, I've l- I've said some shit in the last 122 episodes that I do not agree with anymore. Totally, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I have like I'd yeah. be appalled if I said that today. Yeah, but it took 122 to learn, and I'm still saying probably shit that doesn't make any sense in this yeah. one that I'll learn in 10. I remember actually asking my partner like, "Oh, we should go back and like listen to yours." As I was, yeah, you know, gearing up to do this with you, and he was like, "I really don't want to do that." <laughs> <laughs> like two years ago, he's so smart. Oh, well, a lot of things change in two years, right? And the things that like I might listen to this two years in the future and be like oh god that was so cringe (laughs) but that's the point i feel like um to okay maybe i have actually never answered like the thing that i'm wish i I was more aware of nowadays is i'm sorry for those words but like cancel culture Mm. um it's it's necessary sometimes most of the time it's just people learning Mm -hmm. and sometimes very necessary i'm not saying there is no place for it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I've confronted these feelings uh, with the book, with the podcast of, like, should I be saying anything? Yeah. 
fuck that shit. Yeah. Like we're on this planet to learn together. Yes, it is a product of my circumstance. Yes, it is a product of my privilege. Yes, it is a product of you know my place and time and mm. geography and all of the other things that surround my existing here now as myself. But in a way, it's like the one fucking thing we have is each other to talk and to. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing that stays. Yeah. And the fact that we have now managed to create a new layer of shame and guilt. The conversation and repression. is shut down before it has a chance to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really hard for me. And I wish that yeah. I could sort of yell it from rooftops. It's mm. just like, how this con- you don't have to broadcast them like I do. Like, just have them. Just have them in your house, have them with your family, have them with your partner. Yeah. Because we've forgotten how to. And we judge each other for it. It's awful. Silently judge, which is the worst yeah. part. <laughs> Just like <laughs> cuts you off. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, totally. Even worse with all this COVID bullshit. Anyway, those are my parting words. Anything you'd like to say um, to anyone who's listened? Any parting words? Oh, man. I... Thanks for putting up with us for yeah. how long was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it felt like Under 20, an hour. 20 minutes. <laughs> I was super nervous, but that was that really flowed. And then we had like a half a bottle of wine and we yeah. felt better. <laughs> Maybe that's how it flowed. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah. I hope that you guys have found something in this that resonates with you. Um, you can find Christine on the um, links below. Then you put the fancy links below. Yeah, links below. Yeah, yeah. cool. There's links below <laughs> on Instagram um, at Portrait Sessions and at that Portrait Sessions. Portrait Sessions. Yeah, yeah. And Perspective yeah. Feminine. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, love. And uh, I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>